This podcast was originally the audio for a work of the same name for the Nearly On Red YouTube channel, found at youtube.com slash c slash nearly on red. Though not intended to be a standalone podcast, viewers frequently consume my videos for their audio content only, so I have duplicated my work in this format to hopefully save people a step. A full list of content and platforms can be found at nearlyonred.com or the short link nearly.red, N-E-A-R-L-Y dot R-E-D. Enjoy! So despite the unexpected turn at the end of the last episode of Bunny Girl Senpai, Shoko's introduction does not mean the next arc is about her. The episode certainly starts as though she will get focus, giving us a longer version of the flashback between her and Sakata when they met. In that encounter, Sakata is openly hostile to her, but she persists to ask after him. This makes me wonder if she already knew him and his troubles, and so is able to brush aside his combativeness to try to help. Considering the age disparity between her then and her now, some kind of scenario where she is unstuck in time may be at play, and although that's the first time Sakata is meeting her, it is not the first time for her. She has some goal that his rudeness will not put her off from, but ultimately Shoko is not the focus right now. Rather, we have elements of her situation woven into someone else's arc, though the extent of that situation right now is simply to come into regular contact with Sakata and Kaede. This is actually just like the way Futaba's situation and crush on Kunimi was woven into the Tomoe arc, and likewise how Tomoe was introduced during Mai's arc. Maybe this means Shoko is next, or maybe we are going to begin coloring her in slowly in the same way we have done for Kaede all along. Regardless, our current crisis is all about Futaba. Or should I say, Futari-taba. Tutaba? Yeah, you, you get the idea. There are two of our science-minded friend running around, and though they look similar and can reproduce the other's train of thought, they do not seem to share experiences. In fact, one of them says that she hasn't even seen the other, yet she knows that she is living in her house and going to school in her place, and so steps aside and hides in a net cafe on her own. I'm curious how she figured any of that out. At the least, it preserves the possibility that there are not actually physically two of them, prompting Sakata to have Mai keep watch over one of our Futabas while he goes to confront the other. To make this easier, let's refer to the Futaba currently at Sakata's house as glasses, and the one going to school and Kunimi's practices as ponytail. Cool? Cool. While the way they physically present themselves does provide the audience with visual shorthand to keep them apart, I suspect that the decision to change appearance is related to the fundamental reason there are two of them in the first place. Put simply, Futaba wants to be the kind of girl that appeals to Kunimi, and she also wants to be the person she's always been. I mean, maybe it's more than just appealing to Kunimi, but that's the motivation that has been hinted at thus far. Sakura even tells Ponytail that she doesn't appeal to Kunimi. So Ponytail, at the very least, is the part of Futaba that wants to change whatever is necessary to increase that appeal. She wants him to look at her differently, as a woman rather than a friend, and the first step is to change up, well, how she looks. So up goes the hair into something more flattering. Off come the glasses and the lab coat. And having made these alterations, she needs them to also be seen by him, 
so she goes to the practice games. She has excuses for all of these steps, of course, some plausible deniability. She's wearing contacts, so can't wear glasses. It's hot outside, so her hair is up. She has to keep doing activities at the school or her club might get shut down. The gym is on the way to her club room, and so on. However, the crisis appears to go further than just a split personhood. Ponytail has begun uploading suggestive photos of herself in a secret, but apparently not that secret, account. I think this is a much bigger deal for a girl in Japan's high school system than the same scenario over on this side of the Pacific, um, especially doing so in her high school uniform. I'll be curious to see if the first of these photos happened before or after Futaba split, but if we assume that each can reproduce the other's thoughts because they are the same person underneath, then it means that Futaba secretly wants to be an object of desire, to feel desirable. Okay, I guess that's basically everyone, but she clearly has not felt desirable to the degree that she wants. Perhaps she believes this is impossible for who she is, or she doesn't want to admit that she feels this way. After all, Ponytail is confident she knows why the split happened, and accuses Glasses of lying about not understanding why. Regardless of the full reason, that suggests a lack of honesty with oneself as a central issue. Does that sound familiar? Now, once Sakata corners Glasses, she reveals that this split has been ongoing for three days. Although it's buried in an earlier conversation, I am guessing that the inciting incident for this was Kunimi's trip to the beach with his girlfriend. Though we can guess with confidence that Kunimi is at the center of this because of the buildup before this episode, having the incident specifically be a beach trip gives the crisis a bit of focus. The beach is a context-appropriate place for people to shed most of their clothing, and there is thus an increased emphasis on physical attractiveness in that setting. Wrong or right, I could see Futaba concluding that the difference between her and Kamisato is the way they present physically. Thus, the ponytail version of her is focused on a specific kind of appeal, and perhaps this is what has led to the secret account and its postings. The question I have right now is, what is the point of that account being secret if it's Kunimi's attention that she wants? What purpose is there in attention from other students or anonymous people on the net? I don't think this is the usual situation with people posting, you know, flattering pictures, hoping for positive attention and a nice bump to self-confidence or self-worth. That's too tame of a reason for our series. But along that same vein, is it possible that she is trying to leverage the atmosphere on purpose? Futaba has had a ringside seat for Sakata's misadventures and must surely have internalized this whole notion of the social atmosphere having real power. Is Ponytail thus trying to have the general student population see her as more desirable in hopes that the atmosphere will affect that same change in Kunimi? There is a social phenomenon where knowing someone is seen as attractive by the average person will increase your own impression of their attractiveness. That seems like just the kind of subconscious instincts that adolescent syndrome could kick up a notch. And if anyone seems capable of doing so deliberately, experimentally, then it would be Futaba. We do see her being noticed by the other guys at the basketball practice with her changed appearance, and we can guess that this is a departure from the norm. The end credits likewise have her shed her lab coat and put her hair up as she walks along, further emphasizing the deliberateness of the transformation. Even if she's not leveraging the atmosphere on purpose, 
I'll be interested to see if Ponytail is going to swing too much in one direction over this desire, or if conversely, Glasses swings too much in the opposite direction. She did just meekly give up her home and school life and begin squatting in a net cafe. That seems like a step up from her usual timidity. Anyway, other stuff happened this time, and I'll just run through it in brief. Um, Kayode's brocon stuff continues, but I feel it manages to be humorous rather than disturbing because of how blunt Sakata is about it. Underneath that, though, there is an ongoing issue with her greatly reduced social circle, that she has no one else to project toward or receive affection from besides him. Mai has really come to the rescue on this by reaching across the distance between them. Shoko and now Futaba spending time with her widens this circle even further, and in an environment where she feels quite safe. The fact that she is at ease with these three girls, even while her brother is out of the house, is serious progress that should not be overlooked. It makes me wonder if we will see her overt affection towards Sakata start to trail off in tandem with her increased socialization with other people. She still has a long way to go, to be sure as the awesome detail of Mai's phone ringing illustrated. Kayade immediately flinches, and Mai immediately realizes the problem and steps outside. That is some fine show-don't-tell, trusting that we in the audience understand what that brief exchange meant and how it reminds us of Kayade's ongoing problem. That phone call itself may introduce a new wrinkle, as her agent was unaware that Mai had a boyfriend. I don't know how it is for actresses, but I know that in idol culture, there is often a prohibition against dating. This preserves the illusion that the idols are attainable, part of the whole package of being this idealized boy or girl for fans to fawn over. Thus, I can see an argument that Mai would be hurting her career opportunities by dating, especially dating some random classmate. If her agent didn't know about Sakata, then it's not public knowledge, but I could see trying to head this off at the past. Her agent has a job, and part of that job is, well, increasing her appeal. The very same thing that Futaba might be doing for herself, and both may face a potential sacrifice down the line. Futaba may have to accept that being more appealing to Kanimi requires her to be fundamentally different than she has been, and she will have to decide which person she wants to be, or if such a change is too high a price. If I'm guessing right, then Mai might have a similar scenario. Would she give up Sakata to increase her appeal in her line of work? Though I don't think Mai would simply drop him out of self-interest, Sakata himself might be supportive of her doing whatever she needs to do to chase her own happiness. Even though Mai doesn't know about the whole fake relationship with Tamoe now, uh, Sakata does. Is he really in position to object to her pretending to be single when he pretended to be someone else's boyfriend? There's actually more than just this parallel at work in this episode. Futaba has had a certain lack of initiative in dealing with her crush on Konimi, which might have helped catalyze the split. Sakata shows a similar lack of initiative when it comes to making a move on Mai, managing to still botch it up even when she prompts him. But it's not like he's blown it for all time, as Mai indicates pretty clearly. Just like Futaba, Mai wants to feel desirable, wants to be pursued, Having her boyfriend take the initiative to be more intimate lets her know that she appeals to him. He's always been exaggeratedly forward in what he says to her, so to actively try to kiss her or other forms of physical intimacy 
probably feels a lot more like a genuine expression of desire. Tomoe also shows up to give us a thematic parallel. Just after Sakota is drawing attention to Futaba and how she would look in a yukata, and how she has no self-confidence about it, Tomoe shows up in a yukata. She also has some self-confidence hang-ups about it, but for the completely opposite reason as Futaba. Each has reservations about how they appear in the same kind of outfit, and yet they have taken opposite actions. This mirrors how each of them behaved before their run-ins with adolescent syndrome. Tomoe went for something bold and active while obeying social conventions, constructing an entire look and personality out of thin air. Meanwhile, Futaba withdraws and tries to ignore her problem. One was active and the other passive, yet the solution for each requires hiding some part of themselves, of failing to be perfectly honest about what they want or who they are. I probably don't need to point out that this is a bit of a pattern in our series, and so it seems likely that Futaba facing herself will be part of the solution. We'll see, but I won't be surprised if this ends up being quite literal, with Glasses and Ponytail having it out about what brought them to this point. Title music by Russell J. Crowe, other music licensed from the artists at Audio Jungle. Script, performance, and editing by Theta. Theta is played by Redacted. Original video can be found at youtube.com slash C slash Nearly On Red. And a full list of credits is available at nearlyonred.com. Until next time, thanks for everything.